This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Live from the Spireside app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's cousin, Diana, and I want to know, what was the last thing you bought on a payment plan? I bought this $20 lipstick from Sephora, and it was only 16 interest-free payments. But I swear, now they're after me. Here to help us understand the dangers of buy now, pay later services, we welcome from the Talking Real Money podcast, Tom Cock. We also welcome a woman who's always talking real about early retirement, Paula Pan. And rounding out our roundtable, a man who would never buy anything on a payment plan unless the salesman could beat him in a wrestling match, Doc G. And now, a guy who buys stocks now because the market pays later, Joe Salcihai. With all the market turbulations we've had lately, that's what you keep reminding yourself, right? I'm going to buy low now, Diana. I'm going to buy low now. That's how it's done. That that's is, how you got to do it. That's how millions are made. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday on the Stacky Benjamin Show. Let me be the first one to welcome you. And what a great topic we have for today, this idea of buy now, pay later. What could possibly, possibly go wrong, Diana, when you've got 16 easy payments? Just 16. Just, you I mean, know. It, was a, it was a deal I couldn't pass up, <laughs> obviously. Uh, let's introduce you to the team that's going to be taking part in this uh, discussion today. We'll start off from the, uh, let's go ladies first, from the woman behind the Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant is here. I so am, and I am... Uh, also, glass nine-tenths full and ready. <laughs> Fantastic. And what's funny is that reference, Paula, was from before we started recording. So everybody's like, what does that mean? But we were just talking about how happy Diana Merriam is every time she comes on. Like she's it, just... Oh, it, 
Well, I guess it's then the obnoxious. Silver, <laughs> the silver lining then is that people got a glimpse of what we were talking about before we started recording. They did. And you can too, if you want to hang out with us on our chatty Friday show. We actually record it on Monday. So it's always fun to pretend it's Friday, right? <laughs> on, on a Monday, the week's over. We're celebrating the weekend. And yeah, everybody's gathered around their microphones, including... The man behind the Earn and Invest podcast, Doc G, is here. Hey, Joe, it's good to be here. I always prefer the buy now, pay never method. <laughs> How do you, are you talking five-finger discount? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, I would never do anything illegal, Joe. <laughs> you, you would not. That is good. And very seriously, you would not do anything illegal, and you are not suggesting that. I am not suggesting that. I just thought it would be witty to say. It, it would be. And we've had the voice on of the Talking Real Money podcast before. Now we get the brains of the operation. Tom Cock joins us. How are you, man? I'm doing just great. And apparently you didn't make all the payments to get Don back. So apparently the <laughs> buy now, pay later did not work out for Stacking Benjamin. So well, I'm glad to participate. Uh, Tom, if there's 30% interest and that, that means that we get 30% better, right? Exactly. Well, you're not going to get 30% better with me, but we'll, I'll try for half of that. How about 15? Well, hey, for the for the two people out there that don't know what you and Don do, because, you know, we talk about you guys all the time. Don's been on the show several times. We're so happy we finally have you, Tom. But tell everybody about the Talking Real Money podcast, because it's a, you guys cover a lot of the same ground, but in a little different way than we do. Yeah, you know, ours is based really, and I know you guys do the somewhat the same, but is really a more of a Q&A. We take, try and take a topic every day and un, un, unpack it a little bit, Joe, but it's more direct from the audience and it covers everything from <laughs> borrowing money to saving money to investing money, hopefully making money. We've both been at this for many decades, so it's it's a labor of love and we have a lot of fun with people. Yeah, you had a PBS show for a long time, right? Serious Money. Yeah, I did. Uh, thank you. Yes, it was a regional PBS show here in the Northwest. Got to interview everybody from Magic Johnson to Howard Schultz about money and uh, oh business God. and everything else. So it was a lot of fun. That is fantastic. Well, we're happy you're here. And we're going to have, by the way, a bunch of, this isn't just going to be about buy now, pay later about retail because we have these three great brains on. We're going to talk about your whole financial picture because there's a lot of analogies, I think, when it comes to all that. We're going to get into it in just a second. But first... This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, now you got your to-do list, don't you? You're ready to go dive in and be better at money than you were an hour ago when you started listening to the show. And you know what? For a great partner, become a member at Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. 
Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, when you're thinking about debt, as I've said before, a lot of people have debt. Very few people have a debt strategy. Well, with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Make the plan, choose the best option because both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required, terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. All right, now let's get this party started. Our topic today comes to us from the Frugal Rules blog. One of my favorite uh, longtime bloggers. I absolutely love John Schmoll. What a nice gentleman and a great writer and a no-nonsense blog. Usually, man, you go to Frugal Rules. Well, not usually. All the time you go to Frugal Rules and you just get this straightforward stuff. And John is also a very proud uh, Kansas State fan. Every time I see him online, he's uh, talking Kansas State. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a piece of his called Hidden Dangers of Buy Now, Pay Later Apps. He says, if you're like many people, you may not always have adequate funds to make a purchase. This could cause you to either use a credit card and risk ensuing debt or delay the purchase until you have the necessary cash. However, a financial tool with growing popularity eliminates that problem. Buy now, pay later apps allow consumers to buy something online, even if they don't have the cash they need. Our guide shares, and we're going to spoil it for you, why you might want to avoid using this resource and how it can wreck your finances. So why don't we start there? Paula, how about you? What could possibly go wrong with a buy now, pay later app? Oh, many things. So it's possible that you might miss a payment, in which case there would be some significant financial repercussions. And you may miss a payment either either due to lack of funds or it might just be a, a technical issue, right? Sometimes you think you've set up auto pay, but you haven't, or sometimes there are just technical or logistical reasons why you unintentionally miss a payment and boom, that that's one of the ways in which they get you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Tom, more downsides of buy now, pay later. Well, again, I think first of all, when, if you used an alternative, a credit card, for example, there is a possibility you could dispute something there with, with this system, once you have that product, I'm not sure there's any way to really get out of it. And, and so, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this for many ways. But uh, but I guess I would prefer to use the credit card, establish some credit score, and uh, and have a possibility of sort of dealing with an issue if it came up later. We're going to dive into this more, Doc G. But I think also, as the doctor in the house, there's got to be some psychological disadvantages, I think, to purchasing something today and not having to pay for it right away. Yeah, I mean, it definitely psychologically could lead you on a path of buying way more than you can afford with this idea that you can always just pay for it later. And the bills always eventually come due. And and that's the problem. I fail to see how this is better than a credit card. And I guess, you know, that that's always when I look at these, I guess if you can't get credit, 
then maybe you could use this sort of payment model. But if you can't get credit, probably you're the type of person who's going to fail at this type of payment model and suffer the consequences. Well, here's what's different, Doc and Tom. I don't know which one of you guys want to take this or maybe both of you. But the difference to me is that you can set up these payment plans over a much longer period of time and not have to pay anything. And if you try to do that on a credit card, you're going to pay interest during that time, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. On the other hand, you know, if you really need to you know, push the payments out that long, you probably can't afford it. And again, the consequences I think are large. And that that's always what I guess I worry about. And I have to agree with Doc there about the, what he said a few minutes ago about the fact that you are likely to spend more. We know from many, many studies that people will spend left if they have to take cash out of their, their pocket and hand it to somebody versus just using a card online or charging something. So again, I think people end up buying a lot of things that they want, but maybe not necessarily what they need. Why has, because layaway, as you know, went the way of the dodo bird, right? It was, it was gone, probably never to be seen from again. Maybe a few places do layaway, but I remember when I was a kid, layaway was all the thing, not getting into old guy territory too much. And now that's gone. Why is this hooked so many people where layaway didn't? Well, I think it's simple for one thing, right? I mean, I went to, don't tell my daughter this, but I went to buy her birthday cake the other day online uh, because there's no way in heck I can make it. So I bought the cake and it was rather expensive. And they asked me if I want to do four payments for a chocolate cake. For a birthday uh, cake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really kind of, I, I would have felt really bad serving it up. But here's the thing. I mean, again, it's just so simple, right? It's a click. You're done. It's over. I, I And again, I can budget this out in a way that feels better in some ways, I guess. Not unlike, as I say, credit card, because I'm kind of putting off the pain of that purchase. So yeah, I, I think it's just very, very easy, Joe. And that's why people use it. Now, here's the real thing, Tom. The real question. Did you tell your daughter you baked the cake, though? It, the birthday has not arrived yet, nor is the cake. So <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Well, I guess that's in the future, you know, because I always say that it was, you know, me with some help from my local yeah. Kroger that, that uh, got together to bake this. It was a collaborative effort. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> Paula, do you agree with Tom? Is that all the hooks you or do you think there's more? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think the ease of it being just one click versus, you know, the relative difficulty in the past, certainly I think that plays a role. We know from behavioral science that the more that you reduce friction, the more likely a behavior is to occur. When it comes to these buy now, pay later things that are out there, those are the downsides. And we've also talked about the upsides. How do we get ourselves to the point that we know that we probably shouldn't be using? If there's somebody listening right now and they're using these and they're like, well, look at it. It hasn't hurt me so far. We've heard about using other people's money, right? When it comes to investing, why is using other people's money wrong here? You know, I like to get back to this idea of the zero sum game, right? Someone has to be making money at this and most likely it's not going to be you. So the reason why these companies do this, these apps do this is because they make money. And guess what? If you're putting things on this payment plan and paying them off right on time, they're not making any money on you. So why ever would they build these business models? They do it because human nature is that most likely you'll screw it up at some point. So it's almost like we were talking about with 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 uh, gambling, right? That yeah, I mean, you know who wins in Vegas, and it's it's never long term. The gambler, Vegas has built these huge things, and yet you can win starting tomorrow. 
I mean, why not you? Come on. It's the same thing, Tom, I think with the, the stock market. And you guys certainly talk a lot about investing and about stocks. You talk about high fees on your show, right? Is there some corollary there? I think there absolutely is. I think with any of this, put the odds on your side. With investing, putting the odds on your side is diversification and low cost. With this sort of thing, it's really knowing how much money you do have to spend on perhaps, as I mentioned earlier, items you don't necessarily need but want. If you can't afford it today and it's a matter of borrowing the money to pay it later, then maybe you shouldn't be buying. I know that sounds tough in some ways, and we've all borrowed money for things in the past, some of which were smart and some were not. But but in this case, this just makes it very easy. I completely agree with Doc. The idea here is that you will trip up somewhere. And guess what? You will pay for that tumble. Let's talk about borrowing for just a second, Paula, since Tom brought it up. If, if I'm in a spot where I need to borrow, let's say there's an item that I need and I need to borrow to get there. Both Tom and Doc have said this is not the way to do it. Do you have kind of like a borrowing hierarchy that you would suggest to people? If you genuinely need the item and it would have to be sufficiently big ticket enough in order to be able to justify taking out some type of institutional loan. So... And if it doesn't meet that threshold, if it's not big enough that it would justify that type of a loan. So you're doing what you always do. You're questioning the premise. Exactly. Yeah, I'm questioning the premise of you're the like, question. what? what exactly do you need that you have right. to borrow? Do you seriously need it? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You like how I let you off the hook there? There's got to be something that you could sell first in order to raise the funds. Right. Some some item that you have or some amount of time that you have that you could otherwise sell in order to raise that the amount of money that we're talking about. Well, or Doc G, maybe it's another income stream. Yeah. You know, what I say is you go to your awesome Uncle Joe who made it big. Look at the running time. A pod, <laughs> running a podcast and, and hit him up for some funds. I don't know where the hell that came from. <laughs> <laughs> who brought me into this? We don't. Well, friends don't do that. Come on. <laughs> Well, uh, second half of our show here, everybody, we're going to widen this discussion. We're going to talk about about delayed gratification and how do we actually make it so that we maybe don't need that thing. But I think we got a trivia challenge first. For those of you that are new to Stacking Benjamins, we have a year-long trivia contest between our three normal contributors, two of which have the week off this week, Len Penzo from LenPenzo.com. And today, Tom, you're going to be playing on behalf of Len Penzo. So Tom and Len, joint team, have two points. Doc G, you'll be playing on behalf of OG, my partner here on Stacking Benjamins, and OG has two points. And Paula, I think you'll play for Paula Pant from Afford Anything today. And uh, she, believe it or not, also has two points. I don't know how the hell we're six weeks in and you're already tied for first, but somehow... Some somehow you got it. Of course, that was the sandwich thing that happened last week, right? Sandwiching in Mr. Penzo for the win. Brilliant, brilliant. It was coll- it was collusion, <laughs> strategery. Yes, you and OG, and you got the, the top of that one. All right. So for those of you that are new, you may not know that we just play the closest answer, and usually you're not really sure exactly what the answer is. But first, we got to ask the question. So Diana, here we go. stackers i'm joe's mom's cousin diana and geez sephora will not stop calling me it's like they've got a bounty hunter on me like what's that character's name boba fett from star wars now i know how han solo felt 
Stick with us, Paula. Those are characters from Star Wars. Not that I can talk. I haven't actually watched them. So here's my question. What year did the second Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back, come out? The second Star Wars, remember, because of new math, is number five in the series. I'll be back with the answer after I smash my phone and get a burner so the lipstick police can't find me. Lipstick police after Diana, while she's taking care of that, we will get your answers to this one. So Star Wars, and I love the new math reference. Yeah, uh, number five, but it's also the second one. Going first, Paula Pant from Afford Anything, because there's a tie and you finished third last year. Actually, that means you go last, doesn't it? I'm, I'm practicing new math. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Doc G kicks us off because OG won last year. Doc G, Empire Strikes Back. Any- All right, you know, you know, the truth is I always want to anchor on someone and I always go first and never get to anchor my answer on theirs. So if I want to get closer than my factor of 10, I need someone to anchor with. Yeah, so but this, this, one, is, this one I think you were alive yes, for. Yes. So to be a little gruesome, I think I saw Star Wars one with my father and he passed away in 1980. So I'm going to guess 1982. 1982. Uh, Tom, you are going second, my friend. You remember seeing The Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I do. I saw it in the theater. Sadly, sadly, this is going to show you how old I am. It's the year I graduated from college, which is 1980. 1980, which means Paula Pant. Tom seems pretty sure, Paula. By the way, have you ever heard of a movie called The The Empire Strikes Back? Diana seems to think you haven't. Uh, I've heard the name because I think they were doing some sort of promotional collaboration with Taco Bell. (laughs) And you're a big fan of Fourth Meal. I certainly am. So, so there you go. Okay, so the guesses on the table are what, 1982 and 1980? 1982 and 1980. All right. Well, I suppose for the sake of capturing the downside, I'll take 1979. 1979. Well, we got our answers locked and loaded. We'd love to tell you who wins. We don't play that way. We'll be right back. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Stackers, you've heard the bad news. Mint is shutting down. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, well, there is some good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money, it's what Cheryl and I use to manage our money. I, as you know, advocate a weekly meeting and Cheryl and I live by that weekly meeting. We sometimes miss it, but we get back on the horse. And half the reason is, is because we consistently get updates and reminders from uh, Monarch money. I'm a notifications off kind of guy, but with Monarch, I want to see the notifications because it helps us collaborate We have our goals right next to the short-term spending that we have when we open up the app so we can see exactly what we're truly going for. And, you know, compare that thing in the moment that we want with what's the long-term goal. 
It's truly the next generation of personal finance apps. If you've been frustrated that there's ads all over your app or it's difficult to use or doesn't get updated, the Monarch people were too. And that is why they built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, your investments, your transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you head to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. You're going to get to kick the tires for 30 days, which I absolutely love because you want to make sure that it's for you. And I think the longer you use it, the more you will see like I did, that uh, it's intuitive, number one. It has this very simple design that makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. It's easy to collaborate. Uh, Cheryl has her login. I have mine. We can set up how we want. And you can send it to your financial advisor as well to have them have a login, anybody who's on your team. And you know what? No extra fee for that, which is amazing. It's all customizable, customer-focused, ad-free privacy you can trust. They'll never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. So after trying out Monarch for myself, I get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, you can try too with an extended 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Doc G, you kick this off thinking you knew the answer. 1982. That's the first time I've heard you on a trivia question speak with any confidence whatsoever. I knew vaguely, so I don't know exactly. I mean, Tom actually sounded uh, more confident than me. I was going for like a general in the range. So for me, the difference between 1982 and 1980 is really so small. I almost still feel like I win, even if Tom does. <laughs> it's, it's like a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> it's so close. Come we, on. I, I don't get the point, but I can at least tell, oh, gee, I was within two years, which is exactly half exactly. the win. Tom, you, you say 19. Is there any chance, any chance that you remember that incorrectly? It's possible, but it's very unlikely for the following reason. Uh, I actually went with my father who never went to movies. And in the movie, they showed some of the computerized stuff. And I said, wow, that is really something. He said, no, we had something very similar in World War II. So um, I'm pretty sure it was when he came to see me. I was graduating from college. Pretty sure it was the spring of 1980, but I could be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Paula, if he is right, then you got super close, but it's not going to matter. Unless the movie was released and stayed in theaters for the additional year. It could have been right. released the previous year, right? Tom, it could so. be one of those deals like the cars, like you buy a 2022 in September 2021. Indeed, it could. It could still, <laughs> maybe it's still in the theaters. What do I know? That's wow. right. Who knows? Well, I know one person that knows, and it's not me. It's Diana Miriam. Diana? Hey there, stackers. I'm a lipstick, lone dodger, and future own death faker, Joe's mom's cousin Diana. There have now been nine Star Wars films, but the classics started back in the 70s. The Emperor Strikes Back went on to be the highest grossing film that year, earning about $400 million worldwide. It's now the 13th highest grossing film in the United States and Canada, right after Pam and Tommy's. <laughs> so what year did the second Star Wars movie come out? If you guessed 1980, you'd be right. And that means Tom is our winner. Hey, Tom, Tom and Doc G2. 
but really, Doc, if we think about it, you came in third because I think Paula was closer than you were. So, but I was close. <laughs> you were. You're just proud of the fact that you were close, Tom. What a debut! Nice job, man. Well, you know, I'm still mad that Don lost the Amelia Earhart guest, so I'm still trying to get over that. So thank you. Why? Because you're saying he was uh, on one of her flights or what? Yeah, he may well have been, but he should have known that she disappeared in 1937. That's a well-known historical fact. So, Well, apparently, like we said at the outset, we got the brains of the operation today. Oh, that's so. right. <laughs> and trust me, I'm going to rub that one in on him for a long time. So thank you. Make it up for lost time. Second half of our show, where we're going to talk, we're going to widen this topic out a lot. We're going to talk about delayed gratification. We're going to talk about goal setting. We're going to talk about how to successfully navigate this. So many things out there that we want and how to make sure that we get those without landing ourselves into a bunch of trouble. This second half of the discussion brought to you by Magnify Money. Uh, Doc G, you know what happens when you go to stackingbenjamins.com slash magnifymoney? I used to know at one point. I think... um, (laughs) No, I don't remember. <laughs> You've been on the show how many times? Do you always just fall asleep during this part of the show? I, I, I think you find that the financial products you find at normal brick and mortar institutions are nowhere near first in class. Nice. Often they're not. And 92% of all the things online rated head to head objectively at Magnify Money savings accounts, checking accounts, CD rates. I don't know. Tom, how long has it been since you found a CD that you actually liked? It feels like for me, it's been forever. I think it's been at least five years. I mean, and now, I mean, even on the the five-year CDs, you're still getting somewhere in the ones. It's outrageous. That would not be an area I'd be looking to. Yeah. A a one-year CD versus an I-bond. Yeah. The I-bond is an interesting thought. Of course, you can only put 10000 each per person in a household. So it's not a lot of money that you can put in there. But yeah, I think it's a good alternative. It's still paying over seven. So sure. Why not? Yeah. I, I, I don't know a bank that's paying, that's paying, no. paying seven but, and, and you and you have to lock it up for a year. There's no way to get the money out for the first year, right? Uh, I believe you could, but I think there's a penalty of some. I always gotcha. forget exactly yeah. the rules, but I it wouldn't it, it, if I was going to use it in that year. Absolute or, or it's a possibility. I would not do that. No. Yeah, much better to just not 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 go there. Uh, let's open this up, guys. The second half of this discussion, I want to talk about avoiding these buy now pay later schemes, and instead, Tom, let's talk to you with all of your financial planning experience. There's this weird thing called goal setting <laughs> that that when when I was reading. Uh, positivepsychology.com. They're talking about getting around uh, uh, this, I need it now, and practicing delayed gratification. They say that the best way to do that is in this effective goal setting. But the key here is effective. How do you help people with effective goal setting? Yeah, absolutely terrific question. But here's how I would do it if I was a young person. First of all, from the moment you get a job, the moment you have an income, you just take some of that and you never see it. It gets invested properly. It's gone. Number two is, yeah, you can sit down then and say, OK, I'm 25. I want to have, well, if you believe in the fire movement, by the time you're 40, you want to have a million. There are There's plenty of calculators to go in and look at and see how to do that. I do worry sometimes, Joe, that people get caught up in that. And it seems like it's such a huge hill to climb that they do nothing. 
And that is where most, as you know, more than half of America saves little or almost nothing. They just don't see their way to setting anything aside. So I think it's a start then maybe looking at the goal setting. Oh, just get the habits in order first. Absolutely. We know that most people do not save. We know that most people, even if they do, they won't, they'll they'll either be all in some very risky investment or all in cash. They rarely are diversified properly. So yeah, you're right. You've got to take that first step. And again, mostly for the kids of our clients, because our clients are a little older, we try to get them from the moment that they have that first income to just say, I'm going to take 15% of it. It's going to be taken out of my check. It's going to be invested and I'm never going to think about it. Paula, effective goal setting for you? Another way to effectively set and reach a goal is make it as tiny as possible. So whatever goal that you make have. Make the bar low. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What and, does that do? Does that build confidence? It gets you into the habit of starting, right? And it breaks you of this like this idea that if it can't be done perfectly, then it can't be done at all. So almost what, almost what Tom's talking about, right? Where he's like, sometimes these numbers seem so big, we don't even start. Yeah, exactly. So in in part, yes, in part start, but in terms of the actual action of it, like make that action as small as possible, as, as, you know, as tiny as possible. So I'm not talking about specifically the dollar amount. I'm talking about like the action that you need to take in order to be able to reach whatever goal that is. Yeah, which back to the stuff that Tom was talking about, if I set up an automatic savings, that is a 20-minute task with a long-term great outflow because something's happening, what, once a paycheck or once a month or whatever the the timing is, but I had to make one 20-minute move to get it going. Well, so there's a distinction. I mean, yes, I agree that that's great, but also there's a distinction between automation and habits. Like automation is you set up the system once and then it runs on its own. Habit is something behavioral and recurring. And so with regard to make it as small as possible, I'm referring specifically to habit formation. Is success here in this area financially, though, about habits and discipline or is it about automation? It's both. And there's, our, there's our, <laughs> she's like, what do I do now, Joe? Drop the mic. Is that, is, that, is that what happens? It's both. Yes. Yeah. They are complementary to one another, not substitutional. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you automate what you can, but that doesn't absolve you of the need to also have habits at a minimum, have habits to be able to check on your automations, make sure that that's going well. But, but then there are also additional habits, you know, good financial moves that can't be automated. Diana, you had a very specific goal, right? That I think was, was a propeller for, for you getting where you wanted to go. Is it this idea of visualization that really gave you a little bit of delayed gratification? Like I can last here at work a few more days before I throttle somebody? Yeah, I think it helps to be able to kind of visualize what you're looking for in the future. I know for me, when I was getting out of debt. I had 30 grand of debt that I got out of. And a big uh, motivator was because I wanted to go walk the Camino for my 30th birthday. And so while I was going through that, visualizing that goal and reading about the Camino and kind of getting really absorbed in it definitely helped. That's good because it's funny, Doc. I was reading on this positive psychology piece that we'll link to in the show notes. It says another way to exercise delayed gratification is through the use of strengths. A great way to bring forward a lower strength is by using a core strength. For instance, someone who has love as one of their top character strengths can use that strength to tow self-regulation forward, which they're bad at. An example would be, I love you too much to eat that cookie right now. So they're taking (laughs) the eat the cookie and uh, attaching it to something where they have a high degree of success. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting idea, right? Because if you connect a good habit, a good feeling, or just generally something you feel positive to something that you feel less positive to, you may bring up the energy towards that goal. Now, the downside to that is you may take something you really love and make it less appealing to you. So I I think you have to be careful. But I do like that idea of hitching it to something else um, because I think it lessens the blow sometimes of those harder things. You mentioned earlier uh, the kids of clients, Tom, and deeper in this piece, they talk about how parents need to exhibit goal setting for kids so that it works well for everyone. Then it's great for the parent, right? It's great for the kid because they see mom and dad do it, but mom and dad might not be great goal setters either. And because they have to model it for their kids, it's good for everybody. Do you see that intergenerational play with families? Absolutely. And here's the thing. We know that basically the entire world, except for perhaps your parents and maybe your grandparents, want you to spend money, right? I mean, they're exhibiting the profit motive. They want you to buy XYZ products. So basically the entire world is one big advertisement trying to get you to purchase something. And there's very few people in the world that are saying, no, you really should set something aside. So yes, showing them examples. So with, for example, my kids and yes, my grandkids, I have set money aside. I've told them how I've done it. I've told them why I've done it, the purpose of those savings, and then tried to show them sort of the compound interest as a result of that. Oh, cool. So that they learn that. Yeah. So, like go back to past success and show them, hey, because I did X, here's where I landed. Exactly. Do I think that's valuable? I think it's the, in today's world, I think that's about the only place you get that because remember, none of this is taught in the schools anymore. Most of the stuff that you read about investing or saving is how to get rich quick. So there's very little that you can really find out there that truly is here, set a goal and go after it. That's fantastic. The uh, I want to remind everybody that we record this live on uh, the Fireside app. If you want to join us, it's uh, Monday at 5 o'clock Eastern. We have uh, details about how to do that on my Twitter feed, Average Joe Money, right when we're getting ready to go live. You can find the Fireside app. I believe there's a, f- a picture of Mark Cuban on, on the front. There's lots of different Fireside apps, but it's that one. You can apply to join us here. The app itself is still in beta, so they might make you wait a little bit, but don't worry, wherever you are, you can join us live to hang out for kind of our Friday's a little chattier show. And our show writer, Paulette Perhatch, the amazing Paulette Perhatch, you said you've got something, you use charts and graphs, which I think is really cool. Oh my God, you've got to do it. Like I used one when I was paying off my student loans, I paid off $20,000 and needed that chart and that graph. And when it dipped down, I was so bummed. And when it, you know, shot is this off. Like, is this like Paulette, is it like a debt thermometer where you're filling it up? Yeah, I actually, I made one when I did my F off fund uh, that people could print out. Um, and I had a friend who was trying at a, to get out of debt. And I was like, make a chart, make a chart. Like, it's so satisfying. And she really resisted. And I was like, really pushed it. And then I just got an all caps message from her that said, it's so satisfying. I'm like, <laughs> like, there's something about being able to visualize it, or it just feels like you're in the same place. And I use YNAB and I'm really loving that to see, you know, my growth. Uh, I do not love it when I look up my dining out expenses, but yeah, it just shows you progress when you can feel like, you know, you're not getting anywhere. But I love that. that Yeah. Yeah. Remember that we're visual creatures, right? And exploit that. The fact, if I see it in front of me every day, where did you put it someplace where you saw it all the time? Yeah. I think that's really, really important is to keep things top of mind. I have something with my writer's mission control center, which is my software that I keep my writing life on, uh, an executive meeting. And the first step is to look over my goals, right? So it's like your goals, 
And with each of my goals, I have what's my progress so I can actually see like what I'm getting to. Because yeah, everything is so abstract and in our lives right now, unless you are, you know, physically stacking bricks or stacking wood uh, or building a building, a lot of what we do is so abstract. And I think we need to make it more real. That's, to our eyeballs. Absolutely. That's fabulous. Hey, there's a couple more on here, by the way. And and Paula, one of these that, that I would think that you do, let's see, a tracking and journaling, they say is a reliable way to overall improve our capacity to delay gratification. Do you use tracking and journaling? There have been times in my life that I have. I've never, I mean, over a lifetime, I haven't been consistent with it, but I do agree that tracking and journaling helps. Because so it, effective it, you stopped. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> back, back to the building small habits, make the habit as tiny as possible. <laughs> I, I've done that before too. When I was first a financial planner, I would go in at eight o'clock every morning and then my practice got a little successful. And so I started coming in at nine o'clock every morning and then my practice was less successful. And I'm like, huh, it's so weird. You get successful. The first thing you cut is the stuff that was really effective. Indeed you do. And, and people forget, they get off track, right? They, all of a sudden they've reached something and they say, I don't need to do that anymore. I, I equated, by the way, in my life to food because I know how much I should eat. I know the good things. I know the bad things. And I could tell myself that all day long. And I actually have kept a journal of food many times. And when I have the journal, I do really well. When I don't, not so much. It's funny you say that, Tom, because Paula, didn't you have to take pictures of your food for a coach? Yes. Yeah, I uh, I'll do. I work with a, a weight loss coach and I have to take a picture of everything that I eat and upload it to uh, there, there's like a web portal where I fill out a log every day. I get this call every Thursday from my coach, Jesse, who uh, I always think before I'm putting something in my pie hole, I think, I think, do I really want to tell Jesse I did this and I have to write it down. And so that's, that's very effective. Uh, Tom, back to you for a second. Another thing they talk about here that's effective is, is like pack hunting, right? Surround yourself with people, enlist friends. But as you know, from working in this industry for a long time, all of us have this certain money shame. Like how do we get a group of friends positively to kind of help us on this journey? Well, sadly, most of the money advice you get from others is not the best friends, family, whatever. I think that's a great idea to have somebody. And by the way, just to check what you're doing from time to time, somebody you trust, because you have a tendency to be more emotional about your money than they will be. So you say, I'm thinking about doing this or I'm saving this way. Somebody else can give you hopefully a good opinion, but check you on that and make sure that you're not doing something that's outrageous. And there's a lot of outrageous things to do with your money, right? <laughs> well, you and Don talk about a lot of them all the time. I remember listening to you guys one day when I was out on a run, just your discussion about annuities showed just a lot of people going down some one wrong way streets. Indeed they do. And, and again, that's a product that is very well sold, almost never purchased, right? I mean, these aren't things people wake up to buy. They're simply sold by someone uh, who does that. By the way, back to your goals just for a moment, because yeah. this is another problem, a mistake I see people make is when it comes to saving and investing, people have a tendency to look at how they're doing too often in some ways. I have a spreadsheet. I put the stuff in there twice a year so that I kind of see I'm tracking up. It's when people look at it too often, daily, weekly, that they have a tendency to buy and sell and make mistakes that way. So while keeping track is a good thing, not looking at it every day on the good days or the bad days can be painful as well. Boy, so figuring out how the system of usage 
Exactly. I mean, again, I think I equate it again back to food, to eating, to uh, weight, right? If you look at your yeah. weight every single day and it's not doing anything for the first five days of the diet, are you likely to continue or are you going to say, forget it, it didn't work? With their money, they need to be the same way, patient about it, put it in a spreadsheet. Again, I recommend people look at this twice a year, really, really look at it. And then the rest of the time you're saving and investing and not thinking about it. Which is why the stock market, Tom, is so frustrating for so many people. Because as you know, if you look at that thing every day, that's going to drive you nuts. Well, it eats you alive. I remember that the stock market is up about 50% of the time and down about 50 on a daily basis. Monthly basis, it's more like 75% up. 25% down, it will eat you alive. And I've seen people that have emotionally really gotten strung out when they are sort of playing the market and paying attention to it day by day, because it will be very hard on your emotions. And I know how difficult that is for new investors. If you're a new investor hanging out with us to hear, yeah, hey, this is a great thing to do, except when it comes to this one area, <laughs> like, <laughs> look at it every day, but don't look at that. If you look at that, you will have a hard time. Like, do not do, do not go there. I want to ask one more thing, Doc G, bring you back into this conversation for just a second, because earlier with Paula, we talked about questioning the premise, right? Delayed gratification. When do you realize that delayed gratification is really the wrong road? Like, how do you get to the point where you go, maybe a more minimalistic approach where I don't need this at all is the right approach? Yeah, I think there are two sides to that, right? Life is short. And so you should enjoy yourself. You should spend money. You should take advantage of the here and now sometimes while also saving and building a financial plan. But it is true. I mean, sometimes we look at those things that we think we want and realize that we get all caught up in them and we spend all sorts of money on them. And then maybe it isn't the best thing for us. I mean, I grew up and I love to eat out, right? So we used to spend tons of money going to restaurants. As an adult, I finally realized that I could just cook at home and it was better and I enjoyed it more. And so... At some point, the money I was spending, the saving up so that I had a big fund of money to go out on the weekends, et cetera, that wasn't actually making me happy. It, it was, as you were kind of saying, I, I got a little bit minimalist and realized that I'd rather just stay at home and cook and spend a little less money. And, and maybe I didn't need to be delaying gratification because the end goal wasn't necessarily what I thought it was. Yeah, it was more a dream than, what the, than a reality. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you right... Like you really have to have more of a values internal discussion or with the people in your life about, do we really value this? Yeah. And that, it, you know, the same goes for like when you buy something, when you have kids, you especially know this, you're in the toy store or whatever. And they're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And what you learn as a parent is you say, okay, let's go home and think about it for a week. And if you still want it in a week, we'll consider buying it. And by the time that week passes, their brain's already to something else. And so <laughs> you know any what of I, those things can be discarded. You, you know what I actually like even better which is going to surprise some people. I love, and this will test parenting skills. I love letting the child buy it. Like if they're, especially if they have an allowance and they're using their money, like you and I, doc, we, <laughs> you know, when a kid's buying something they really don't value and that it's truly just something that they're not even going to be paying any attention to it a week from now. Right. I loved, I loved uh, the challenge of letting them buy it and then circling back a week later and asking that question. Cause I feel like once they buy it and then you have the discussion of what's it really worth the money, you know? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that's wonderful too, if they're managing their own money, right? If they have their own fund for the toys or whatever it is, and you do that, I think it can be a really nice technique. It, it is It is very difficult though. I'll tell you, you got to put it on your calendar because we're all busy people. I'd have that conversation maybe just a couple times with my kids and then they really gave it more thought about, is this really something that I need? But I also love the delay gratification technique. Even if they're going to buy it, let's think about it for a while beforehand. And that one's good for adults too. So not just for your kids. I mean, it's actually good for you when you see that big screen TV, given a week and saying, do I really want this? That is coming back to it. Absolutely true. Well, on that note, I think it's a wrap, peeps. What a fantastic discussion with plenty of takeaways. Let's find out what all of you are doing, though, where you're at. And I think uh, we'll have our guest of honor go last. Let's start with you, Doc G. What's going on at the Earn and Invest podcast? So by the time this comes out, it will be known that my Thursday episode is about the Chautauqua that's going to be in Bogota, Colombia, and I am going to be a speaker. So... Up next on Earn and Invest is an episode with JL Collins, Alan and Katie Donegan, and Bryce and Christy from Millennial Revolution talking about Chautauqua. Well, that's fantastic. For people listening that are like, did he just swear at me? What (laughs) what is Chautauqua? So Chautauqua is a financial independence event where there are talks from the people who run it, including JL Collins, Alan Donegan, and Bryson Christie, as well as a guest. So I'm going to be the first week in September, and Ken from Humble Penny will be the second week. And it is a series of conversations about not only financial independence, but also about life. It's a place where... You can meet your 30 new best friends and create relationships that tend to last far past the actual get-together. So it's just a place where people can talk about money and life. Paula, you've gone to one of these, right? Or a few? Five of them, yeah. Oh, just one or two. Yeah. They're wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Speaking of wonderful, what's happening at the wonderful Afford Anything podcast? So uh, Afford Anything is celebrating its birthday, its 11th birthday, on February 22nd, 2222. So I'd say if I have any announcement, it's that we're throwing a giant party in New York City. hey oh So affordanything.com slash birthday to get tickets, which includes two hours of open bar. So it's a real two theme here. Wow. Two two hours open bar. So affordanything.com slash birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's quite a milestone. Tom, thanks so much for hanging out with us. And besides pretending that you're making a birthday cake for your daughter, what's going on? What's going on at the Talking Real Money podcast? What do you and Don have coming up? We've got a lot of stuff coming up. Of course, one topic that comes up regularly is sort of how to invest globally and do it properly. There's a lot of people doing it wrong. So we're going to be talking about that on an upcoming show. And here's another thing that is sadly in our industry that that I hate talking about, but it must be talked about. And that is If you are working with a broker or an advisor of some kind and they do something wrong to you, the arbitration process, which most of the time is stacked against the investor, that would not surprise you, especially since the industry itself runs the uh, the arbitration process. So that your questions and calls. And I will say thank you for having me on. And by the way, I loved your book. Glad to see you're going on a book tour. I was a little dismayed that you're going to Portland 
and not coming to Seattle. We no, we are. This, we, we actually are coming to Seattle, Tom. Oh, okay. On your website, it still just shows Portland. I thought yes. we, hadn't been dis- we hadn't been dissed this way since <laughs> Lewis and Clark. So I felt, <laughs> kind of, felt kind of bad about that. So good. I'm glad you're going to be coming here to see us. Yeah. The reason why you don't see it yet, and I can explain this to everybody because I'm glad that you brought that up. If you go to stackybedjamins.com slash stack, you will see all of the places. However, the page that you're on is only the places where we already have a named venue. And in Seattle, I'm at the point where I still can't say it probably until uh, Monday show, but uh, I think I know where we're going to be at in Seattle. It's a really cool place. And uh, hopefully we see you there, my friend. Well, that's funny because my basement has not been booked. So but I'll, I'll find <laughs> another one. he's like, damn, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, you have the open bar too. So that's a deal. And cake, right? I'm sure there'll be leftover you, cake. Whatever cake, whatever cake is left and, and the booze, the booze and the cake. You got it there. You had me at cake, but yeah, booze, <laughs> booze as well. Well, uh, we will link to the Talking Real Money podcast, Afford Anything and Earn and Invest on our show notes page. So if you're walking the dog or on a commute, if you still make a commute, we've got you covered there. Just head to Stacking Benjamins. And of course, you can do the deep dives at the 201, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201 for a deep dive into a lot of the financial topics we talk about here on the show. That's going to do it for today and wrap up this week, except this, Diana, what should we have learned today? First, buy now, pay later. How about buy now, pay now? There's a revolutionary concept that won't cause you problems later. Second, buy now, pay later apps are literally banking on you, screwing it up and missing a payment. Their whole business model depends on it. You know how you prove them wrong? Don't use these apps. But the big lesson, buying $20 lipstick on 16 payments while your hands are shaking? What was I thinking? These lips can't handle loans. So goodbye, Sephora Payments. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us today. You'll find her podcast, Afford Anything, wherever finer podcasts are found. Thanks to Doc G for joining us today. You'll find his podcast, Earn and Invest, wherever you're listening to us today. And thanks to Tom Cock for joining us today. You'll find his podcast with Don McDonald, Talking Real Money, wherever you're listening to us today. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022. Our show is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential. Need help getting your writing done? Join her for her online writing and mindfulness group called A Very Important Meeting at AVeryImportantMeeting.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. And when I'm not confused about whether I'm Joe's mom's cousin or neighbor Doug's ex-girlfriend, I'm reading posts from the best personal finance bloggers on the planet over on the Optimal Finance Daily podcast. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor.
Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What uh, happens here in the after show stays in the after show. From time to time, you may need to comment about it. If you do, uh, we just call it dessert. So almost like uh, Tom with his uh, booze and cake, it's dessert. It's a great combination that goes well together. It's funny, I made a couple mistakes on today's uh, show, and they both involved my good friend Diana Miriam. And I want to address that first, because Diana, I asked everybody what they're doing. And then as you're doing the credits, I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't ask Diana what she's up to. Oh, well, it's not that interesting. No, um, I'm actually really excited. I'm going to a conference this weekend in Atlanta. So I'm going to have dinner with our friends, Rich and Regular down there. Awesome. Um, But I'm going, yeah, I'm going to this conference that's for really for college students. And I'm doing a presentation called That's Not How Money Works. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. That is cool. That's See? And I miss that. But for people that aren't hanging out with us here live, my pediatrician, when I was growing up and uh, his kids I went to school with, their, their name is Merriman. And I called Diana, Diana Merriman at the beginning of the show as well. Diana, have you ever had a, well, you have people mess up your name all the time, but it's not your last name. Well, and I think that's why I was so offended, Joe, because I've already had the emotional resilience built up for my first name, but I I haven't built up that resilience for my last name. So I'm sorry for lashing out at you earlier. Oh, you did not. But it does remind me of a funny story because we've all done that before, right? We call somebody a name and it turns out that that is not their name. And I'm wondering if any of you have had a case of that mistaken identity, any of those stories that uh, you'd care to share here on our after show. Paula, Tom, Doc, anybody, Diana, anybody remember a time where you were just sure you had the name right and you just did it completely wrong? Not that I'm, not that I'm aware of. Um, it's possible I completely missed the social cues that then would have like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that might be a bad right. sign, Paula. No, no, yeah, no. Like they, were, they were too polite to say anything and I missed right. the social cues uh, uh, that showed that I had just committed an, a faux pas. That, that's entirely possible. A way that I paid my way through college was disc jockeying wedding receptions. And uh, the, the, I was working with the bride and I did not know it at the time, but she had a speech impediment. And so as the entire bridal party comes in, you know, you're introducing them one at a time and they're all from this same family and I mispronounce all of their names and everybody's yelling at me. And I'm speaking of social cues. I'm not getting the cues. Everybody's yelling at me more and more and more as the, as another couple comes in and I slaughter a name next couple comes in. I slaughter a name because I'm pronouncing it the way that the bride did. And uh, yeah, those people hated me. Do you ever have someone call you the wrong name and you're, you don't want to correct them, but then they persist in calling you the wrong name? So I have an elderly next door neighbor who's decided about five years ago to start calling me Justin, <laughs> but I felt so bad that I didn't want to correct him. Now, the problem is he now calls me Justin all the time. Well, now you have two names. You got a different name. I get called Joel all the time with an L on the end. Yeah, that, that just happens consistently. Uh, Tom, you've never made this mistake before. You know, I've, I've, and you'd be surprised no one's ever gotten my last name wrong either. That's a a shocker there. (laughs) Um, Never happens. Never happens. Uh, You know, here's the thing probably, and probably more than I know, having with all the years on radio and television, but 
I'm just trying to think back if I, if, cause the television show was uh, brief interviews. If I ever had anybody at the end of it, tell me you've just called me by the wrong name for 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure it happened and I'm probably had to go back and tape something, but I, I just don't remember. So, well, we, we will leave this then if you guys don't have a story with the most embarrassing time that I did this. And my daughter, like a lot of kids, played youth soccer. My kids did. And there was this super guy, a fantastic guy that I sat next to every single week at, uh, at the soccer games. And I remember he worked for Birdseye, the frozen food company. It's funny somebody's listening to this that, that works for Birdseye. They're going to find out because I don't even know if this gentleman, who's a great gentleman, knows this story. But anyway, for some reason, for some reason, uh, uh, I sat down. And I was sure that his name was Dick. And so I sit down next to him and I'm, and I said, Hey Dick, how's it going? And he's like, Hey Joe, good to see you. And this went on for two years that he and I would have these fantastic conversations about what we both do for a living, what our kids are up to and our kids would do stuff together. And every time I'd see it anywhere, I'm like, Dick, what's going on, man? <laughs> And our parent-teacher conferences ended in the Scholastic Book Fair, which if everybody, if you don't remember those or didn't have those, you know, if you had a great time, our daughter would sit outside and then we'd take her to the book fair because she had a great parent-teacher conference and she got to buy a book. So I'm standing behind Dick and Sue in, in line to buy the books. And, you know, it's several years ago back when people wrote checks and I would have clients that would come into my office when I was a financial planner, they had checks. And I was really interested in the art because some people, as you may know, had, had just, you know, had this crazy artwork. And uh, Sue opens up her checkbook and I notice she's got like this, like Looney Tunes art. So I'm kind of looking over her and Dick's shoulder when I see the art and I freeze because it says Mark and Sue Sheppy on their, on their check. And I can't believe for two years, Cheryl's like, really? You couldn't have thought his name was Jim or Bill. Cause I walked up to this guy for two years solid and said, Hey Dick, where did you get Dick from? I have no idea. <laughs> no, no idea. And it's a testament to what a kick-ass guy Mark is. And uh, yeah, that he didn't come unglued at me ever as I'm. Yeah. What you don't realize is that behind your back, he called you Dick. Too. <laughs> <I did. laughs> so this Dick. <laughs> did you ever talk to him about it? Like what? Oh, what no. Was going through your mind. <laughs> just from <laughs> then just... on. Oh, I, as you imagine, I was flipping horrified. <laughs> just absolutely horrified. From then on, Diana, it was just Mark. I'm like, hey, Mark. Like, like he's not going to notice it for the last two years. I've called him Dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow there's just this elephant in the room like i just how, i don't know how this relationship could persist without acknowledging it was That's just crazy so to me. bad Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does for example you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost, or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like 
you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.